1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: In business, you rarely hear the expression, for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and and there's there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss.
2: dark. I don't mean a lonely road at night or an unlit attic. I mean the dark of the unknown. Why has man, for at least 2,000 years, been superstitious? That great Roman statesman, Cicero, once said, religion is the pious worship of the gods. Superstition, a senseless terror of the gods. He said that a hundred years before Christ. Our story of faith and fear
1: happened yesterday. Though we have a deal, Canales? my friends are waiting to know. Well, that depends on you. I am still waiting for what you owe me. I haven't received my money yet from From the state. I advise you, Juan, if you wish to stay in this business, settle up the old debts first. Or I may be compelled to take something from you which you value with your life.
2: Drama Ring of Evil, adapted from a tale by B. H. Maxwell, especially for mystery theater by James Agate Jr., stars Kathleen Quinlan. It is sponsored in part by Contact, the 12 hour cold capsule. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Mm-hmm. it that people react differently in tropical climates? Does that explain why Asia, India, Africa, Spain, and South America have given birth to more superstitions than their northern neighbors? But it's not the country, is it? It's the people. It's their belief in the love potion, the evil eye, the wishbone, the charm, the rabbit's foot, the good luck piece. The list is endless and sometimes evil. <laughs> when well, you yeah, look at that view from up here on the hotel balcony, it looks like some some prehistoric giant stirred up those mountains with a spoon.
3: Daddy, it was a marvelous idea to come to Tasco for our vacation. I thought Mexico City was fun when we did that last year. but, Mexican town has so much more local color.
2: Well, it's uh, much more primitive, Eleanor.
3: Except for this hotel, the El Rancho. It's really modern. Uh, yeah, your,
2: your dear mother and I used to love to stay here.
3: You miss her very much? Yeah, I
2: try not to. I keep busy, you know, work hard, play hard. <laughs> it's the only way.
3: Towers playing outside that cantina. Now I know what the colonel meant when he said Pasco was an enchanted hill town.
2: Well, I'm glad that Bill could spend some time with us here. Ted, do you like
3: him, Helena? Like him? Mm-hmm. How do you mean that, Dad? He's your age, and I'm 18. Sure, he's very nice, but, well, you know, sort of domineering. Domineering? Overbearing. He takes charge, you know. He decides what you ought to do, whether you agree with him or not. Arthur,
1: I've been waiting for you two down here on the street. Let's get going. Got
3: a lot of sightseeing to do. See what I mean, Dad? He wants us to see Tasco now when he decides we have to. Are you
1: coming or aren't you?
3: My father's waiting for a phone call from San Francisco, Colonel. So he can't come with us. He asked me to apologize.
1: That's the trouble with your dad, Helena. He keeps right on working, whether he's on vacation or not. Now, what would you like to see?
3: Well, I read that Tasco's famous for things made of silver. I'd love to see them making it. Ah, silver,
1: is it? I have no idea, Helena. Easier done than said. I have a very good friend who has a workshop just across the plaza border, and he has the finest, believe me. It's opposite of the of Prescott Church, which I owe it to myself to show you.
3: You lead the way.
1: Ah, ah, just a moment. It's two o'clock, siesta time, and every store will be closed while the Mexicans take their afternoon nap. But no matter. Juan's a friend. I'm sure he'll open up for us. Now, this is the Plaza Porta, and every single branch of those trees is always filled with birds. You can see that they don't take any afternoons here. Juan de Silver Atelier Workshop. Now, what I you? Everything's boarded up. Shutters, drawn, door closed, whenever you mind. You just wait right here, and I'll go inside and try a little Yankee persuasion. All right? Well, oh, I don't mind waiting out
3: here. There's
1: so much to see. Don't go away now, dear. And don't talk to anyone. Latins have a peculiar idea about any unaccompanied woman standing in the street. But if you don't answer anyone... Rosa.
2: Juan. Colonel William, what good fortune brings you to my house. How have you been? Well,
1: I thought I have not seen you in a long time. It's all right, Juan. You can lower your voice. There's no one with me. I saw you from the peephole in the street with a young lady. A very wealthy young lady. She's waiting outside. She's interested in hand-wrought silver. I told her I tried to persuade you to open up the store. Uh, Colonel William, do we have a deal? My friends are waiting to know. Ah, that depends on you, Juan. I wait also for what you already owe me. Yet I have not received my money yet from this day... Juan, I advise you, if you wish to stay in this business, settle up the old debts first. Or I may be compelled to take something from you which you value with your life. Now, would you open your atelier, please? Eh, uh, who is this young lady? Daughter of an American friend of mine. We have done business for years in... Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. My cover.
2: Her father and the girl are here for a vacation. I, I uh, open right away. I go. Bring the young lady in and I will her on the lights uh, in the shop. I, I, I don't mind at all. Honey, no. I... No, no, no. Oh. honey, you just close your eyes. And come on, I'll try to get some sleep. I think it's the best thing for you. I think perhaps it's something you ate, huh? Well, you know, it could also be the altitude. You know, we are 6,000 feet higher than Denver here in Tosco. Now, if you don't feel better by this evening, I'm going to call the doctor. Honey, honey, what is it? You're crying. off. Oh, please,
1: please don't look at yourself. understand it Arthur. her. I couldn't have left her outside in the plaza border for more than three minutes, and when I got back out there, she was running and screaming. She went up the road past the border palace. I ran after her, and she disappeared. I've been looking all over town for
2: her. Yeah, she must have run right back to the El Rancho Hotel. See, I don't know what happened to her either. I have put her to bed. I, I don't know if she's in any pain. And at first, she's hot, and then she's cold, and her teeth are... Good. Either chattering as though she'd fall into an iceberg. Well, I think I'll go
1: back to Juan Pedroza. See if he has any idea what could have happened. Colonel William,
2: what happened?
1: Did, 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 did she say what made her scream? No, she's told no one. I thought you might have some idea, Juan, so I came back. No, no, but I was inside here. How would I know? Let's go out there into the plaza and have a look around. I'll show you where she was standing before she ran. Huh? Not in front of this house? Oh, no, no. Several doors down. She was looking up at the first story and screaming. Hey, certainly. Come. Let's have a look outside.
2: Dad? Dad. Oh, honey, you're awake now. You Oh, you had me so worried, Helena.
3: Well, I feel a lot better now.
2: Good, good. No more chills, huh? Here, come, come on the feet for you. Not hot, not cold.
3: Seems normal. I feel so badly about worrying you. I'm really okay now. Uh,
2: do, do, do you want to talk about
3: it? I guess so.
2: Okay. Here, now let me pull this chair
3: up and sit down. Well, I was waiting outside the silver store for the colonel. He'd gone inside to see if they'd interrupt their siesta, you know? Mm-hmm, Yeah. No. Everything's shut tight at siesta time. So I walked a little and then saw on the second story a casement window was opening. And a woman looked out the window and she was laughing. Well,
2: uh, did she see you?
3: No. She was laughing at someone inside. I've never heard a woman laugh like that. It was so scornful, so mocking. Do you know what I mean, Dad? Well,
2: hang you know, I mean, then what happened?
3: She was really very beautiful. Her hair was reddish-brown, very long. Yeah, that's
2: your color here.
3: It was. It looked like mine before I had it cut. I see her face. I'll never forget that face ever. Hey,
2: Helena, <laughs> Helena, please. I mean, I'm a hey. remembering all of this is painful. Let's just forget it, huh? Come on. There she was,
3: a very pale face, a very red lips, and she was leaning on the casement, laughing. And then this man's hand came around behind her, just a hand in shirt sleeves. He was holding a knife, a dagger, and all of a sudden, he brought the knife down around her neck and stabbed her deep in the chest. I stood there, and she fell back, and then the man's hand reached out and closed the shutter. He had a ring on his finger with a deep red stone in it. As red as blood.
2: Honey, honey, no wonder you came back in such a state. Look, it's selfish of me to say this, but, uh, Helena, I I hope you'll be able to put it all out of your mind so it won't spoil our little vacation. After all, you never saw this woman before, and, well, heaven help her now. You'll just never see her again.
3: But I have, in a way.
2: Oh, honey, now come on.
3: Just now, when I got up and looked into the mirror, I was struck by how much I looked like her.
2: Stay with you is another surprise.
3: Because for the past few days, I've been eating like a (laughs) horse.
2: Never underestimate the recuperative powers of a young female.
3: Why, Dad, you're thinking about your own daughter. Well, it's
2: good to see you got your (laughs) appetite back. I can't tell you how delighted I am that you've gotten over that terrible episode.
3: Well, I had to be realistic about it. Mm -hmm. I've persuaded myself it was all my imagination. Maybe I didn't see what I thought I did.
2: Well, there was nothing in the local papers about anybody being killed. I have checked every day.
3: Another thing that helped me snap out of it was the colonel insisting I do a long walk around the town the very next day.
2: Yeah, Bill's a great guy. Yeah, I'm sorry you had to go back to Mexico City, but I hope it doesn't mean trouble.
3: Why do you say that? Yeah.
2: You know, Bill represents us and our San Francisco firm here in Mexico. Oh, he has got a lot of clients. Now, the other day I was talking to the home office and uh, they said there were some discrepancies in the books. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't be telling you this. It's probably not his fault.
3: I want you to tell me, that.
2: Yeah, his books are short. You know, a lot of money has disappeared.
3: You mean somebody's been stealing from him? Uh, Yeah,
2: that's, that's, that's what it looks like, honey. Oh, great Scott, speak of the devil. Look who's coming into the dining room. Oh, Hello, boy. Oh, Helena, you look wonderful. Hello. May I sit down? Well, I'd be insulted if you didn't. Hey, when'd you get back to
3: Tosco? Good afternoon. And you didn't come right to the hotel and tell us? Well,
1: I had a little business to attend to.
2: Now, we finished eating, but hey, how about some coffee? Huh? Sure thing.
3: To relax, I love the coffee they make here with the cinnamon stick.
2: Uh, waiter at Trace Cafe's Por Favor. Trill, <laughs> <gasps> that ring you're wearing. Hey, that is a beauty. What is it, a ruby? As a matter of fact,
1: I just picked it up this afternoon. Oh, oh Lord. Right. Helena, Helena, honey, what is it? Just it. She's fainted. Arthur, let me give you a hand. Right, you better take it. her off to her room.
3: Oh, oh. oh what happened? No, oh, I'm all right. Please. Both
2: of you, sit down. Are you sure, Helena? I...
3: Colonel, you must tell me that ring... That's the red stone ring.
1: We know, but the colonel does
2: not. The ring on his finger is very like the ring on the hand that killed a woman sitting in a window seven days ago. So it was not Helena's imagination after all. She had seen a murder. I'll be back shortly with Act Two.
1: What is the significance of the ruby ring Colonel William is wearing? Is it an omen? A signal of
2: danger? A forewarning? Helena begs to be excused and runs up to her room. Then her father follows. Left alone, the colonel gazes at the ring and slowly twists it round and round his finger. There is no excuse for such behavior, Helena. Now, Bill is an old friend. Now, what do you suppose he thought? My daughter quizzing him about some ring carrying on in a most extraordinary fashion. Now, honey, what am I going to tell him?
3: I don't know. It all came to me in such a rush. I mean, the woman, the dagger... I don't know why I was so affected. What are you talking about? You don't remember, do you? The hand that held the dagger wore a ring with a red stone just like his.
2: Oh, come on now, will you? Now, aren't you carrying this silly business a bit far? Now, how far away were you standing from that window, huh? Twenty feet? Oh, a little bit. Twenty feet? Thirty feet? you mean to say you could tell those rings were alike? Dad,
3: please. And I... even if they were alike, and what difference? Why did I get that awful sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach?
2: <laughs> if I weren't so angry with you, I'd say it was probably the crab soup. Oh, to be jumpy like this, to be superstitious, see meanings and things. Honey, it is not healthy.
3: I'm superstitious? Well, I don't know what you are. Well, so maybe it's a warning.
2: <sighs> Tomorrow, when you see Bill want you to apologize. Yes, of course. All right. Now, I'm sure he will have a very adequate explanation of where he got that darn ring and how long he's at it.
1: Helena, I've gone inside this church here, Santa Prisca, at least a hundred times in my life always something else more beautiful
3: to see. <laughs> I walked your feet off. No, I loved it. I'm not a bit tired.
1: Here, let's sit on the edge of this fountain.
3: I've never seen so much gold leaf as there is on those offices
1: Helena, well, uh, let's not talk guidebook for a moment. Um, since last night in the dining room, I've come to realize two things. First, I well, I'm very, very fond of you. I know I'm much older than you are, but common sense doesn't seem to stop my feelings. And secondly, I must tell you about this ring. Bill, I Oh, I like that. I've been waiting for you to call me, Bill. It's none of my business. But I want it to be. It's very simple. You remember that silver workshop I wanted to take you to? When I went back there yesterday, I thought I'd find a little silver memento for you, but I didn't. I saw this ring with the red stone in it. It's not a ruby, I'm sure. Juan Pedroza wouldn't have given it to me at this price. Now, it may be Jasper, but it's probably glass.
3: Oh, I'm relieved you told me. I, I'm such a fool.
1: Well, if you are, you're a sweet, dear fool. Great heavens, I hadn't noticed the time. Your father asked me to be back at the hotel at four. He's put in a conference call to San Francisco, and he wants me there.
3: Oh, no. I don't want to cut short the afternoon. Well, there's no reason why you should.
1: Can you find your way to the El Rancho, all
3: right? Of course I can, if you don't mind. But I do want to go back inside the Santa Prisca Church. It's really a museum of art. Hey,
2: excuse me, hey, Senorita.
3: Are you talking to me?
2: Yes, yes. Are you not the young lady who came to my store with Conal Williams?
3: Yes, I am. Oh, I'm sorry I never did get to see your
2: silver. Yes, uh, may I warn you about something, please? Warn me? I don't think it is advisable for a nice young lady like you to have dealings with Colonel Williams.
3: Why? Why not? He's an old friend of my father's. He's known him for years. Yes, I have known him for years also. If you have something specific to tell me about the colonel, do it.
2: What has he told you about the ring?
3: You mean the red glass ring?
2: Glass. He said
3: glass, eh? Why do you say it that way? Me, you sold it
2: to him. Oh, is that what he says, huh? Little lady, when you see the good Colonel again, you tell him that Juan Pedrosa wants his ring back.
3: Where's Dad?
1: Oh, Helena, you're back. Did you have a good look around the church?
3: Yes, I did, Colonel. Oh,
1: I thought you were going to call me Bill. What's the matter? Are you annoyed because I had to come back here?
3: I asked where my father was, that's all. Well, he
1: went to the post office to send the cable. Helena, what's upset you?
3: Did you get your call from San Francisco? No,
1: the circuits were all busy. That's why Arthur is sending off a cable. But this is your vacation. Business would be left for some other time.
3: Do you know a man called Juan Pedroza? Why,
1: yes. How do you know him?
3: He was following us this afternoon. Oh, really? he came up to me in the church and said he wanted his ring back. What's wrong, Bill? What's this all about?
1: Ah, well, perhaps he's discovered it's not red glass after all. Perhaps he's angry he sold it. But I have no intention of giving it back.
3: Why did you tell me it was worthless?
1: Well, I wasn't sure then. But the more I think about it, I realize this stone in this ring is half of a, of a bigger stone. You see? You see the way it's cut? And if I'm right, this is the ruby that belonged to Cortez when he took this part of Mexico and forced the people to mine silver. The other half is in the Prago Museum in Madrid. Hmm.
3: Is this man your friend?
1: Well, we do some business together.
3: Well, why would he warn me against
1: you? <laughs> you don't know Latin, Helena. He's angry and jealous. He didn't want to sell me the ring at first, but as I pointed out to him, it was lying in a pile of junk. He didn't even know that he had it. He tried to put me off by saying the ring is evil. But I know differently. It may be worth quite a fortune. And I am not a superstitious man.
3: Bill, you know, would you do something for me if I asked you? Anything, of course. Would you give that man back his ring? Mm,
1: certainly. If you give me a good reason, Helena. But let me explain something to you. The legend is that Cortez had this ruby cut in half. Both halves made into identical rings. He wore one and gave the other to a native woman who'd been his guide and whom he married. One day, she said she lost it, and in a jealous rage, he killed her. That's why it is said the ring is the evil eye. Evil eye?
3: Why would you want a ring like that, no matter how much it's worth? Let's say to pay an old debt. Eleanor, the only evil thing is superstition to get back to Mexico City, which
1: means I've got to catch a plane in an hour. You tell your father that I'll be in touch.
3: You're not coming back to Tasco?
1: The day after tomorrow, I'm closing my office door, and for the rest of the time you are here in Tasco, I shall put myself at your disposal.
2: Well, darling, two more days of this ideal climate. You having a good time?
3: I wish I didn't have to go back. There's so much I still haven't seen, Dad, and, and you all. He's on the phone to your office. The whole vacation's wasted for you.
2: Well, that's the problem when you're head of the company. You know, I'm sorry that Bill had to go back to Mexico City. Now, he knows this town. He was getting a big kick out of showing you around.
3: Well, he told me he'd be back here before we left.
2: <sighs> well, I haven't any idea, if he will. He handles a few American businesses as their local rep. You know, mine isn't the only one.
3: Is everything all right?
2: Uh, uh, you mean the uh, shortages on the books? Hmm. Yeah. I don't think we'll know for sure till I'm home. I hope for his sake everything audits out okay.
3: And if it doesn't, Dad?
2: Ah, No, no, he has got to. I I trust him. You see, he's not that kind. Well, tonight I planned an evening for us at the casino. I uh, think you're old enough to gamble, hmm?
3: You mean roulette and dice and (laughs) so on?
2: I mean all those ways to lose money and more. Now, do you feel lucky? Uh, hold on a second while I get Hello? Arthur, it's me, Bill. Hey, Bill, we're just talking about you. What you up to? Up to my ears, up to my neck. And Eleanor was just saying, where's my guide to Tosco? He's disappeared. Uh, we're leaving here day after tomorrow. Will you tell her that I'm on my way? Well, tell her yourself. She's right here. It's your Sherpa, Bill. He wants to talk to you.
3: Hello, Bill? to the casino. i
2: look for you there. It's my
3: number. I've won again. Good. Well, what are you going to play next? Well, so long as I'm 18, that's the number I'm playing. You mean
2: you're leaving all your winnings on the same number? You bet.
1: Play your best, please. For favor. 18
2: again. Even low. I'm winning a fortune. Oh, what number are you going to play now? Well, how old are you, Daddy? Uh, yeah, i uh,
3: 51. I'll put these chips on. I'll straddle 24 and 27. That adds up to your age, doesn't it? Let's go. Place
1: your bet, please.
3: Por favor. 27. I can't believe it. I've never seen so much money in my home. Chips And stop right now. I
1: wouldn't do that.
3: <gasps> Bill! Look who's here, Dad. <laughs> I've been winning a fortune, Bill. Look at all these chips. Count
2: them. Uh, I mean, uh, how much has she
1: made, Bill? Well, at about uh, 23 pesos to the dollar, I'd say you've got over $2,000 right there, Helena.
3: What about that? Do I know how to gamble? No,
1: no, lucky girl. Uh, do you mind if I put a few chips next to yours, Helena? Bill!
3: Okay. You're okay. still wearing that ring. Take it out. Helena,
1: don't stop that again. Now tell me, which number shall we play? Much as she tries to
2: disregard the flashes of fire from the ruby ring, Helena cannot take her eyes away. Colonel William stacks more and more chips beside hers in turn after turn of the wheel. What is the mesmerizing power of that ring? And what will it bring? Light? or darkness. We shall hear for ourselves when I return shortly with Act Three.
1: Said Voltaire,
2: it is necessary to succumb to superstitions, which are more than ourselves, the kings of nations. Is there one country, one place on this planet that does not have its peculiar beliefs? If there is, I haven't found it. A broken mirror, a black cat, 13 at dinner, the list is endless. Small wonder, then,
1: that a ruby ring could be believed to cast an evil spell. It's beautiful out here overlooking Tesco at night, isn't it? Look, look down there, Helena. Recognize those two towers? That's the Santa Prisca Church.
3: Why did you do it, Bill? Why did I do what? I was having such a run of good luck, too. You're
1: right. Until I came along, you were well ahead.
3: It's a good thing I cut down on my bets. At least I have seventeen hundred
1: left. Well, that's fate. Money always attracts money.
3: You haven't answered my question. I which one? Why did you go on wearing that ring while you played roulette? About the evil eye, but I bet you, if you'd taken that ring off as I'd asked you to, we would both have won. Hey,
2: good evening, Colonel William. It is a beautiful night up here in the uh, Casino balcony.
1: Ah, good evening, Senor Uh, Juan, uh, Helen, I'd like you to meet my friend Juan Pedroza. Uh, We have already met. Oh yes, so you have. I forgot. Uh, Colonel William. I want my ring back. Well, let's discuss that some other time, shall we? Uh, Not in the moonlight. I don't think our business is of interest to this lady. Yes, but I warn you. You will be very sorry. I paid you for it. But it was not for sale. You took it. You stole it. You owed me money. I took it in exchange. You are playing with fire.
3: What do you mean, Mr. Pedroza, about the ring?
1: I told
2: you once before it will not bring happiness. Perhaps... It is worth a ransom. One half in Spain, the other under Colonel's finger. But, my dear Colonel, you will not bring them together. Well, we shall see, Juan. Now, would you mind leaving us? No, no, I am not yet finished. Until the two halves of the stone of Cortes are joined, this ring will go on inspiring violence. Wear it. And it dominates your fate. It cannot be bought, it cannot be sold.
1: Are you quite finished, Juan? I have warned you.
3: I can do no more. But, Mr. Pedroza, still, if the colonel should not wear it because it will bring unhappiness, how did you come by?
1: Look, Helena, what difference does it make? Juan Pedroza owed me a considerable sum. The debt is paid. I took the ring in payment. Senorita, I came by the ring very
2: recently. A man of my country needed money to go away. He left the ring with me.
3: So it can be bought and sold. It should
2: not have been. He paid for his mistake.
3: Who was the man?
2: His name would mean nothing to you. He had a dark history. He was always too ready with his knife. Oh, no. Yes, the day after he took money for it, he was found a few miles out of Tasco at the mouth of the devil. His body at the bottom.
1: Darling Helena, I must assure you that the death of that man and the ring have no relation. Be sensible. What did he mean,
3: at the mouth of the devil?
1: What's a stupid name given to a wide opening in the ground by ignorant peasants? On the road to Iguala, there's a large hole right off the highway. They've never been able to close it up. Obviously, the man was trying to escape out of town. He slipped and fell.
3: A car can disappear into this devil's mouth? Oh,
1: yes. And cattle and horses, too. It must be an extinct volcano. There's a scientific fact behind everything, logic, reason.
3: You're right, Bill. I mustn't be frightened of what I don't understand. That's my girl.
1: Look, I have a suggestion to make, Helena. Since tomorrow is your last day, I'd like to show you what I believe is the most beautiful spot in all of Mexico.
3: That I won't be here for lunch. Bill's rented a car and he's taking me for a drive into the country. And then we're going to find a spot he you knows way up in the mountains and have a picnic.
2: Well, I wish I could join you, but uh, then I wasn't asked, was
3: I? Well, <laughs> tell me truthfully. Do you think Bill is crooked in any way? This audit you were talking about? Are you, uh,
2: one straight answer?
3: Yes, I do. Very much.
2: Well... Yeah. That Bill isn't about taking a shortcut. Now, in some quarters, that's considered good business practices. You see, I trust Bill, but, uh, well, actually, I don't know that much about him. I do know that he's got some Spanish blood, and he served time as a boy with the Spanish guerrilleros fighting Franco. Boy soldier
3: at 11. That explains a lot. I've noticed when he wants his own way, he gets it.
2: As or takes it. I'm not saying anything against that. Now, he has been a good ally for our sales here in Mexico. Well, is that enough for you? I guess so. Any particular reason? Hmm?
3: I don't know. I don't know if it's the tropical climate or, or being cut off from my friends, but I'm attracted to Bill. Seriously. Mm.
2: Yeah. He's a little old for you, but uh, yeah, you could do worse.
3: You mean that?
2: <laughs> Honey have fun at the picnic. Tonight we pack, and tomorrow we fly home.
1: Well, how's this for a spot, Helena? Let's sit here.
3: It's a carpet of flowers. Say, hey, what have you
1: got in this basket? It weighs a ton.
3: Oh, could one bottle of wine be that heavy and some fruit? And cheese and bread.
1: (laughs) This is my kind of picnic, exactly.
3: Bill, this is the most beautiful place I've ever been to. Mm.
1: And there's a brook a little down ways behind those trees on your right. You should taste that water.
3: From up here, I bet I can see all of Mexico. Mm.
1: They say it was somewhere near here that Montezuma stood and decided whatever he could see belonged to the Aztec Empire.
3: And over there, to the left?
1: That's a sheer drop. At the bottom, the old mouth of the devil. Remember that? Take a look over the edge. Uh,
3: No, thanks. Are you hungry? Let's open the basket.
1: Helena, Helena, can I say something first? I I don't know where to begin. I know I'm much older than you. On the other hand, perhaps not. When I'm 100, you'll be 68. (laughs) (laughs) Helena, I love you. As I've never, never loved anyone before in my life. I want you to be my wife.
3: In two weeks, can you know someone well enough to say you want to marry them?
1: More than enough for me. What about you?
3: I, I love being with you, Bill, but I guess I don't know you that well yet. That's all right with me. We'll give it time.
1: to eat under the sky on a cloudless day with the girl I love. Uh,
3: I don't think I ever knew how beautiful life could be.
1: I wish I'd thought to say that. When I think of all the places I've been to since I was a boy and how little peace I found. In Spain? In hills just like this. I was an 11-year-old boy climbing the rocks with a dagger held in my mouth, ready to ambush the enemy. But even after the war and the next one. Life's been one long rush and disappointment.
3: Do you really think a girl as young as I am is the one for you? Yes, yeah,
1: I thought so the day I met you and your father at the airport. You know, I was, I was struck by you. And the day you ran away from Juan Rosa's store, I knew how I felt about you. Are you ever going to tell me what happened that day?
3: Not today. It's too perfect, but I will sometime. I have to tell you why I have such a curious feeling against that ring. Oh, I wish you wouldn't wear it, Bill. And yet now, I guess because of what Mr. Pedrosa said, now I've got a kind of superstitious dread. that if you part from it, it'll revenge itself on you. So
1: I'm trapped, am I? Do you mean?
3: I was sure I saw it sparkling last night when the wheel went against us. As if it enjoyed its power. (laughs) What
1: an imagination you have, sweetheart.
3: You were so terribly unlucky.
1: What have you done with all your wealth, little gambler? $1,700. You haven't had time to spend it yet.
3: I have it in my pocketbook. Since last night, I've taken quite a dislike to every dollar. I'm going to give it all away. See? I, I take it out, and now I lay it all on the grass
1: such a sacrifice deserves another. On our wedding day, I promised to send this ring to Madrid as a gift from a happy couple. Until then, my darling Helena, will you wear it for me? And you see, I slip it right off my finger and I put it on you. No, no,
3: no. I, I, I can't wear it here. I know. Let's put the ring on the grass next to the banknotes. I wonder if the ring knows where it is. You know, good luck and bad luck side by side. Let's you and I get up right now. Go back down the mountain and leave the ring and the money here
1: for anyone to find.
3: Yes, so we can start fresh. Oh please, Bill, I really mean. What is it? Your face is suddenly so dark, like like a cloud passed over it. No, 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 it's your imagination. Bill, why are you breathing like that? What can I do for you?
1: No, no, it's nothing. It'll it'll pass off. I'll go down to the brook and and get some water. No, you wait here till I come back.
3: I want to come with you. You
1: stay here. How is she now, doctor? I've given your daughter a sedative. You can go in. I think she wants to see you.
2: chair and sit myself next to your bed yeah i meant to ask the doctor if you will be well enough for the trip home tomorrow
3: bill isn't going to come back
2: Uh, no honey honey quiet now why don't we why don't we just wait until tomorrow i've got us all packed so you can just lie there and sleep off whatever happened you just tell me about it in the morning
3: no i've got to tell you now Remember that ruby ring Bill was wearing? Mm-hmm. Well, he'd taken it off and put it on the grass. Then I took out all my wings and put them next to it. And then Bill didn't feel so good, so he went to get some water. He was gone an awfully long time. I guess I closed my eyes, sort of. Now, Helena,
2: please. Please, honey. Nah, turn off the light and you sleep. You're know, telling me all this tonight. You really shouldn't. You'll see. Bill will show up and apologize, and everything will be all right again.
1: A great many months have passed And Mexico
2: is far away And Helena is beginning to live again The unanswered
1: questions are many Did the cursed ring have the power of death? Could it influence anyone to violence? Did Bill
2: really have a dagger in his fingers When he put his hand around his loved one's throat? Or what? I shall return shortly And literature superstition abounds listen to King Henry the accusing Richard the owl shrieked at thy birth an evil sign the night crow cried abiding luckless time dogs howled in hideous tempest shook down trees yes fate can bring one to his knees wonder, then, that if such poets as Shakespeare mesmerize and lead us, that we still follow. But we keep our fingers crossed. Our cast included Kathleen Quinlan, Norman Rose, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time... Pleasant
0: In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and and there's a there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with awaken one eighty weight loss.